the lectern isn't broken this morning, I'm going to use this to uh, demonstrate something. So I've got a few little props. Um, here we go. Let's put that over there. Oops. So this morning, this morning's message is um, is about the relationship between faith and works. Okay, the Bible says that uh, we are saved by faith alone, but it says we're going to be judged according to our works. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. And it says that we created a new in Christ Jesus to do good works. So which is it? Which comes first? Which comes second? Do we need both in our lives? Do we need one and not the other? We're going to talk this morning about the relationship between faith and works. And I'm going to use this as a timeline. And I've got a nail gun here because it's far more exciting to use that than uh, some blue tack and put this on with blue tack. So... I'm going to use a nail gun this morning. Anyway, so let's, uh, let's get into this message. Let's just pray and just uh, ask the Lord to come and speak to us. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord. You're already with us in our midst and moving in our midst, speaking to us. And we just pray that as we look at your word, you would help us to understand it. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us into uh, a place of revelation where we would understand your word. And uh, we pray that you'd shine a light in it. And um, we pray, Lord, that you would speak it into our lives and help us to make any adjustments that we need to make. I pray for freedom here this morning. And I pray that you would come and that you would refresh us. And while I speak, I pray, Lord, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit, that we'd be filled with your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wonderful. Let's put that down there. Philosophy is man's study to understand the truth about the world we live in and our relationship to the world and our relationship to one another. And I remember doing basic philosophy uh, in, in uni as a subject and if I'm honest, it was by far my worst subject. <laughs> and the reason being is because I'm a person who likes to take a complicated uh, topic and make it as simple as possible to understand. And philosophy seems to take something simple and make it as complicated <laughs> as they can. And uh, I found that in some cases... Uh, philosophers started off with one question and after pages and pages and pages of explanation ended up with no answer but with ten more questions. And uh, one ancient Greek philosopher called Heraclitus said this, everything flows. He was famous for saying that. And uh, by way of example, he said this, no person can step into the same river twice because the water's flowing and the second time you step in it's a different river sounds very clever doesn't it and um, what he's saying 
is that everything in life is constantly changing. And if you take that uh, train of thought and continue it, you end up with no absolutes. There's nothing absolute in life. Everything changes. Now, I don't believe that for one second. The Bible is full of absolutes. Amen? Jesus isn't the river in which I swim. He's the rock on which I stand. Amen? And he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Absolute truth. Not everything flows. Some things change. But there's some things that are absolute truths. And this book, this wonderful book that we have from the Lord is full of absolutes and truths in here. Not everything is a variable. And I encourage you, read it, get it into your life and, and live it out for the Lord. Jesus is the greatest philosopher I believe, that the world has ever known. And the thing I love about the Lord is that he takes complicated truths and he makes them simple so that even children can understand. And so why am I saying all that? Because I want to take this truth about faith and works and try and make it as simple to understand as possible so that if there was a 10-year-old kid in this room, they would understand uh, the relationship between faith and works. I'm going to try and use the KISS principle. K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so first of all, uh, let me get my little uh, props over here. When we talk about faith, I want you to think of the word trust. Okay? Hebrews 11 verse 1, we're probably have read the scripture. It says, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Now, I can remember being a young Christian and not fully grasping that, uh, that truth about what faith is. But if I think about it in terms of trust, trusting God, trusting what he said, trusting what is in his word, trusting the promises of God, now I'm getting more of an idea now of what faith is. The Bible talks about faith and it talks about works. And I think a lot of times Christians get very confused as to how they operate together. And, uh, and it seems like the word contradicts itself because as I mentioned earlier, we're saved by faith and not by works so that no one can boast. But it says faith without works is dead. So, okay, all right. So faith, but no works, is, is dead, but I only need faith to get saved, not works. So how do we put the two things together? Let's turn to Romans 10 and verse 13. Romans 10 and verse 13. We're just going to use this as an example. It says this, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, I'm sure you've, you've heard that quoted before. Does that mean that whenever I feel like it, I can call on the Lord and be saved? I can say some kind of a magical phrase or a specific prayer whenever I feel like it, when I feel like I've done my living, I've 
done everything I've wanted to do, and now I want to secure my place in heaven. I say the magic prayer, and I'm saved. Is that what that scripture's meaning? I can play my get-out-of-jail-free card. I've got it in my pocket. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's ready for that day. When I want to be saved, I'll pull it out and be saved. Ephesians talks about us being saved by faith and not by works so that no man can boast. And it sounds to me, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, whenever I want to do it, is a work. of my. It's my doing. It's when I feel like it. It's when I think I'm ready for it. And Isaiah says that our, our righteous acts, our own righteous acts, anything that we do in the flesh to earn righteousness is like a filthy rag before the Lord. That's our efforts, our works. They won't save us at all. So what does the scripture mean? And it's a good example of why we need to read things in context. If we just take a, an individual scripture, we can take it totally out of context. We can misinterpret it and get a totally wrong meaning. And that's why I'm really excited about this group that's meeting on a Sunday afternoon, the School of Theology, and they're going through the Bible. They're going to go through the entire Bible, book by book by book. And what they're going to get at the end of the year or two years, however long it takes, is context. And it's a great thing. Reading whole books at a time. That's wonderful. So well done to all of those of you that are doing that, uh, that course. So let's look at the context of Romans 10.13. We're going to read the, the, that verse and then the couple of verses that come after it. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, but, ah, oh, there's a but. How can they call on them, on him, to save them unless they believe him? So it's not just everyone. It's everyone who believes and who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not some random guy out there that just thinks, well, I'll just call on the name of the Lord and be saved whenever I want. How can they do that unless they first believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how, verse 15, will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. I thought of a good sermon title while I was preparing this message. Cure your ugly feet by sharing the gospel. <laughs> How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Amen. Verse 16, but not everyone welcomes the good news. Verse 17, so faith comes from hearing that is hearing the good news about Christ. So before someone can call on the name of the Lord, they first have to believe. Before they can believe or have faith, they have to hear the truth. In order to hear the truth, someone has to tell them, or they have to read the Bible. In order for someone to tell them, someone has to go. And that's why Jesus gave all of us 
the Great Commission and He sent us. Because without that, no one would be saved. Jesus' blood shed on the cross wouldn't save anybody unless they can hear the truth, unless someone goes, unless someone is sent, and that whole process happens. Amen. Amen. So before we can call on God, we have to have faith first. Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved if they first had faith. It's a calling on God in faith that saves us. So in other words, if I put this like this, faith comes before works, not the other way around. I can't call on God if I don't have faith, if I don't believe. I first believe and then I respond to the Lord. Everyone on earth who is trying to be a good person has it the wrong way around. There are millions like that who are trying to earn their righteousness through being good, through doing enough good. That is works and it won't save. Believing in Jesus comes first. Romans 10, previously, in verse 10, so a little bit before, getting the whole context. Romans 10, verse 10, it says, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Believing in your heart and declaring with your mouth. Calling on the name of the Lord is a declaration of our faith of what's inside. It is the result of genuine faith. So let me put it like this. Faith in Jesus results in good works. So let me use my, my props. I mean, whoops. Been looking forward to this all week. Huh? Okay. Put your safety goggles on, everyone. I'll fire it this way, right? So, whoa. There we go. Okay. Now, I've got arrows. I've got everything here. I've got everything. Oh, hang. I nearly tore that. Okay, I'm enjoying this. Okay, faith in Jesus saves us, okay? Amen, amen. And, oops, I need more pressure. (laughs) And it results in... Good works. Okay. In other words, I'll just undo this in case the kid gets hold of it. See, it won't work without the battery. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. In other words, good works 
are the outcome of faith in Jesus. Okay? If I don't have this in my life, I never had this to begin with. If I have this, I guaranteed will have this. Okay. Faith in Jesus, can I say this, always results in good works. Faith in the truth about Jesus results in good works. Faith has to come before any works. All righty. Let that be burnt into your mind. <laughs> That's, this, is the, this here is the outward action for something that happens inside of us. Okay? So let's have a look at this principle and see if it applies to other passages. Let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 8 to 10. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. See if it applies. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Why? Because grace and faith are actually a gift. Faith is a gift. Did you know that? How can we believe unless we first hear? You going and telling someone the gospel is a gift to them that God gave to them. Didn't come from them. None of us sat there and in our own thinking came up with this idea that faith in Jesus or believing in Jesus is going to save us. Amen? Amen. I can say that with confidence. It's an absolute truth. How can we hear unless God tells us? That's what the scripture says. Salvation, verse 9, is not a reward for the good things we have done. No. None of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. This is salvation is so that we can do the good works that Jesus planned for us. We're saved by faith, and now that we've been created anew, we can now do the good works that Jesus created us to do. Faith in Jesus results in good works. Let's now have a look at James, James chapter 2 and verse 14 onwards. This is interesting. James 2 verse 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, okay, but you don't show it, by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? He's, he's asking this question. He looks at someone who says they're a Christian, but he cannot see any evidence of them being a Christian. And so he says, can that kind of faith, you say you've got faith, but can that kind of faith actually save you when I cannot see a single shred of evidence that you're saved? And the answer is no. <laughs> Can you see faith by itself is not enough? That's what he's saying. This here, that's not enough in our lives. So 
is faithful works more important? They're both important. Unless it produces good deeds or good works, it is dead and useless. This is what James is saying. Unless your faith results in this, it's actually not genuine faith. The visible evidence that you have correct faith is this. Which means I can look at any one of your lives and say whether I think you're saved or not. That's what James is saying. He's saying, you say you've got faith, but I don't see it. How can you do that? Faith without works is dead. We can't look inside of someone else's soul and see if they've got faith or not. But we can look at their life and we can see if they've got faith or not. Amen? That's exactly what James is saying here. We can, this is the evidence of this. That's all it is. It's as simple as that. Then he goes on to say, Now some may argue. Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. This is a classic human argument. <laughs> you might be like that, but I'm not like that. How many times have you heard that saying? Well, you might, you, you might pray for the sick and all that and trust God for healing, but I'm not like that. As if that makes it okay. James says it's not okay. <laughs> you say you've got faith. Well, where's the evidence? If you went to court and had, and had to stand on trial for having faith in Jesus, would there be enough proof, enough evidence to convict you? That's what James is saying here. And he carries on. He says, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? How, how, can you, how can you show me faith if you don't have good deeds? How am I supposed to look inside of your soul and see faith there? What does it look like? If you don't have this, how am I supposed to see? That's what he's saying. You, he's saying, where the good works? Where's the fruit? We all talk about judge a tree by its fruit. This is what James was saying. Where's the fruit? And he says, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. <laughs> Even the demons believe this. But they don't have this. They're not doing, they're not doing walking in the way of the Lord. They believe in God. How foolish. Can't you see that your faith without good deeds is useless? This without this means that's useless. That's what he's saying. It means we can look at people and go, okay, I see faith. I see that person trusting God. I can see that they're trusting God for something. There's a, there's a saying that's been in church history for many, many years. We're saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. It means we are saved without works, 
But saving faith always, always, always results in good works without a shadow of a doubt. There's no work involved in getting saved. But when you're saved, this happens. And the principle is not just for salvation. The Bible says the just will live by faith. This applies to every area of our lives. It says that man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hearing God. Faith comes from hearing. We live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. As we hear God, faith comes to us. We believe, we fully trust in God, and then we step out in good works. Not just intellectual knowledge saying, oh, that's an interesting concept. We go and do it. We live it out. And it's evidence to the world around us that we are hearing God and believing God. Every day we can start by bringing our day before the Lord. Committing our plans to the Lord. And then the Holy Spirit speaks and He guides us. And we obey and we respond out of faith. And we walk in the good works that God has for us. And it could be something simple. Simple. It's often in the little things I find where we're led by the Lord, you know, and it's, a, and it's a wonderful thing. Sometimes we're sitting around thinking, I want to do something major in God, something with great faith. Well, how about let's just live our lives, every little part. Take out the trash in faith. <laughs> Mow the lawn for the Lord. <laughs> Pray for the sick, yes. Bring a word in home group. Share the gospel with a friend. So financially into something that God has directed you to do in faith. It could be forgiving someone who hurt you. Forgiveness is one of these works that we have faith because the Bible says if we forgive, God forgives us. If we don't forgive, He doesn't. And He hands us over to the tormentors. That's what. The parable of the unmerciful servant teaches. Forgiveness is one of these works that we do because of our faith in Jesus. Because he's forgiven us, we can forgive anybody. My goodness, think of how much God has forgiven you. And you want to hold on to one thing, one wrong thing that someone else did to you. And God's like, I've forgiven you of hundreds of things. And if you're not prepared to forgive that person of the one, forget about me forgiving you of the hundreds. That's fair, isn't it? (laughs) It could be working hard for the Lord in your workplace. You know, even if you're in a difficult environment, I've been in difficult environments, and it's hard to work hard for God to take a stand for the Lord in an ungodly, anti-Christian environment. But we can do it in faith. We can overcome and we can do good works for the glory of the Lord. But it comes from believing. It comes from reading His Word, 
getting it into us and saying, God, okay, I see this in your word. I've had a, a revelation. Help me to live this out through Jesus, through what he does in our lives. Being patient with your husband. <laughs> he'll, he'll fix that dishwasher. <laughs> That takes faith. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Loving your kids. Some days it's not easy, is it? <laughs> See, it's in the big things and in the little things. It's very interesting to me that we tend to want to gravitate towards the, the exciting and the, the, the abnormal, can I put it like that? Because what happens, Jesus feeds the, the 5,000. It's like a revival has broken out. And then he sends the disciples on the boat to the other side. And after doing that, he says, okay, there's 12 baskets of leftovers. He distributes it among the people. And then he says... Take this stuff home and feed your families and tell them of the good news. Tell them what God has done. And what do you think they did? Do you think they did that? No. They're not interested in that. Going home is boring. We want the next revival meeting. So they ran around the lake. Jesus walked across. They ran around to meet him on the other side. And I see that so often in Christian circles, Christians running from one Revival meeting to the next revival meeting. One conference to the next conference to the next one. And God is more interested, I believe, in our day-to-day -day mundane lives at home. Loving our family. Loving our neighbor. Praying faithfully. Getting up in the morning. Spending time with God. Being faithful in prayer. Being faithful in reading the word. Being faithful with our money. Being faithful in raising our kids. Being faithful in husbanding or wifing or parenting or grandparenting or being a child. Honoring your parents. Whatever it is. Just being faithful in the everyday life. That's what the Bible talks about. The just will live by faith. It's not about experiencing revival every day. Praise God. If there's a revival, praise God. I'm all for that. But I'm also for persevering, for enduring, for living my life for God, no matter how boring, no matter how mundane it is. I want to live by faith. And we can do that if we allow God to speak to us and through the help of the Lord and through what he does in our lives, we can live lives filled with good works. And then when the end comes and we are judged, when we stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ and we're judged according to what we've done, the good or evil <laughs> in our body, we're going we're gonna to receive incredible rewards from the Lord. And then... We're going to get, come before him and we're going to throw our crowns down and say, actually, it was all you. It wasn't really us. <laughs> we're going to give it back to him. That is living a life of faith. If we have an imbalance of this 
If we say, well, it's all about what God has done in my life. It's not about anything I do. I can do what I want. It's fine. We live in greasy grace. But if we live on this side, we live in legalism. It's all about what I've got to do. All about I've got to do the right thing and don't do the wrong thing. Did I obey the rules? Didn't I obey the rules? This here is an outcome of genuine faith. It's a result. This is not striving. This is believing in God and just taking a step of faith, walking on the water. It's not paddling. (laughs) It's walking on the water. It's something supernatural. These good works are a supernatural thing. In fact, the Bible says, we read that verse, you've been created in a new in Christ Jesus to do good works that God planned before the foundation of the earth. No unbeliever can do one of these good works. This is not helping an old lady cross the road or getting a cat out of a tree or paying somebody's toll fee at the toll booth or buying them a Macca's saying, here's money for the next guy in line. These are supernatural. These cannot be done without in Jesus. It's good works for the new creation. Amen. Hopefully that helps you just understand something. Hopefully I've made it simple and not confused the life out of you. Forgive me for not wearing safety glasses. (laughs) But we live lives of faith. And it's the thing I love about Christianity is it's simple. It's simple enough for a child to understand and to walk in the ways of God. It's not for the university student. Praise God for that. Amen? Otherwise, we'd have very few righteous Christians doing what God wanted us to do. This is available to all of us. And all it takes is spending time with the Lord, spending time hearing His voice, in prayer, in the word, and then believing it and stepping out in faith, saying, Lord, help me to live this out. That's how it is. It's as simple as that. Amen. Let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. <clears throat> Just as we, as we come before the Lord, maybe, maybe there's some people here this morning that um, you just feel like you are striving. I think, I think one, of the, one, of the biggest, one of the biggest issues that uh, humanity face in today's day and age is rejection. I think that many of us struggle with rejection. And uh, when we become Christians, we often struggle with this understanding of God saves me because of what I believe about Jesus We feel like we've got to prove our worth to God. We feel like we've got to do enough good things for God to accept us. If that's you this morning, I I just want to pray that God's love, His, His Father's heart would be revealed to you. He's our Heavenly Father and He loves you more than more than any love you've ever experienced here on earth, more than anything you've ever heard about. The Father loves you. And He just wants you to come and believe in Jesus 
and the good works will happen. As you are transformed, you'll begin to walk in these things. But you don't have to come striving. You don't have to try and prove your worth to the Lord. You just need to believe. You just need to almost let go and say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm going to let you love me. Let the walls down. Let your defense mechanisms down. Let him love you this morning. Let him accept you. Let him speak into your mind that acceptance. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you, you would minister now to us. I pray, Lord, for healing in our lives. I pray for anyone here that's struggling with striving, you're battling to understand about grace because your mindset is legalism. Anyone like that, I pray, Lord, for freedom this morning. I pray, Lord, for an outpouring of your love. I pray, Lord, that we would know that we are truly, truly and deeply loved and accepted by you because of Jesus and because of what he's done on the cross. I pray that we would stop trying, stop striving, and allow you to work in our lives, allow you to produce the fruit of good works. No, no tree strives to produce fruit. It's just a product of the tree drinking in the resources and the nutrients from the soil and the sun. And fruit happens. That's how it is in the Lord. Good works are a result of genuine faith in Jesus. I pray for fruitfulness in our lives. I pray you would teach us and lead us to live by faith every day in the small things, Lord. Not just in the big things, but in the small, mundane things. Teach us to live by faith. Come, Holy Spirit, come and fall upon us now. Come and fill us. In Jesus' name.